2: you're us gassing on about it give you in hor i don't think it means what you think it means
1: by the way you know when you're when you're telling these little stories you have a big mouth here's a good idea What
0: are you even talking about have a point why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers it makes it so much more
1: interesting for the listener yeah it it, it should be fine it's it should be fun it, it'll sit where it sits <laughs> that's what an eq is for right i mean we all sound like-, like we all sound like amazing radio hosts from the 70s don't we
0: only one way you do our amazing radio host from the seventies voice. <laughs> I feel like Lyle Wagner on Carol Burnett. <laughs> uh,
1: it's before my time. I've no yeah, Definitely
0: before his. But oh okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think we're each staggered about about a decade apart.
0: Oh my god, I'm mm-hmm. old again. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. And, the, and and the girls are all. Yeah.
0: I know who yeah, she knows who Carol Burnett is because we have to watch reruns at my house. It's a rule. Well,
1: there you go. <laughs> okay, so we have with us today, um, and Joey, you're walking in late, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I was trying to, I was trying to get the walk-in <laughs> on tape, so you showed up early, and I'm impressed. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we have with us today, um, let me see if I, can, if I can run off the credentials. Um, manager? Yes. Radio host? Yes. Uh, writer yeah Uh, promoter yeah Um, producer yes Um, coffee drinker most definitely Um, uh, alcohol enthusiast
0: I've never met a percent sign I don't like
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm sure you have
0: Uh, Not unless we figure it out in the morning. eh? That night, it'll be all good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have to be prepared.
1: Prepared, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jazz Matthews of Dog Rump Creek Music. Thanks for having me. Is Dog Rump Creek Records or Dog Rump Creek? It's Dog Rump
0: Creek Music. We do kind of have the label name of 1624 Recordings, but we don't really use it. It's kind of out there, but uh, Dog Rump Creek Music's kind of been an iconic cover of everything, so...
1: Kind of the all-encompassing. Yeah. Kind of, okay. yeah. Um, and what is, what is Dog Rump Creek do? What is it? Because I, we've never actually had the conversation, like no. we worked together for yeah. three plus years now, three and a half years. Um, we've never actually had the conversation about what Dog Rump Creek
0: is. Well, we we started, uh, you know, we even started with a different name about 10 years ago, and it just kind of started because my wife, she's a Johnny Reed fan, mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> For our anniversary, I took her on a 6,000-kilometer, 6, six-show, six-day, follow-Johnny-Reed-around-the-country thing. <laughs> awesome. And one of the shows ended up in a place called uh, Piers, Alberta, okay. which is north of Knighton Junction somewhere. No... Yeah, out towards Edson. So he played a show there in a 125-seat in a converted curling rink. <laughs> cool. And on the way home that night, that was in January, I think, and my wife said... Uh, why can't we bring Johnny to Spruce Grove? So by then we'd met his management team and whatnot. So we phoned them up and asked and they said, yeah, we can do that. And we did. So we hosted Johnny Reed uh, at the Horizon Stage in 07. and, And that was kind of the beginning of what we didn't know what we were doing. So we just, well, it was, I mean, we we did a couple of shows, but we did another one with George Canyon, Prairie Oyster, Charlie Major, and then realized we were losing so much money, we didn't know what we were doing. So we took a hiatus, (laughs) rebranded and just did house concerts. We invited people to our house and and did them house concerts. And then from there, it's just kind of morphed. You know, you met some some artists, uh, met some artists that you liked, and we started promoting them, as it were. Right. Uh, putting them in places, people around town started asking about us. So I guess right now we are uh, artist management. We manage one. We're also an agency. We book for two. Okay. Um, And we're still doing the promotion stuff and the talent buyer stuff. I was going to say shit. Can I say that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. We're already labeled with CRTC. CRTC's
0: not involved here? No. Okay.
1: Although although, um, they are in the form of Media that we play, we talk about whatever whatever we want. We can say whatever we want, but we can't play any of your artist tunes. Okay, without pre-setting up all the yeah.
0: I thanks CRTC.
1: Uh, They're doing good things. Yes, best interests in mind.
0: Still lots to do.
1: Oh yeah, but oh yeah, but you know how legislation works. Like yes, a bunch of a bunch of people that don't really know argue about things they don't really care about and they try to use the media for spotlight attention, and then they might eventually get something signed, and then off to the Senate, where the Senate says, eh, no, and then send it back.
0: Yeah, try to fix what's not broken is essentially what they're doing.
1: Well, no, there's a lot of things broken.
0: Well, but it should be fixed within the industry, in my opinion. Hmm.
1: That's why That's why something like Alberta Music Cities yes. is, is um, working on this. Yep. To try to bring more... More clarity to what the music industry is like, right? Uh, specifically in Alberta, of course. Sure. But yeah, Joey, we talked about that um, um, a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, tangent number one you, uh, Joey, I never made it to the second Alberta Music Cities um luncheon, but Jazz, you did. Mm-hmm. What kind of things were they talking about? In
0: uh, you know, it was kind of they're talking, uh, well, they're calling them uh night czars or nighttime mayors. They had a okay. Dr. Shane Shapiro. So he came from London where he has been working with the mayor of London and they have created
1: London, UK or London, London?
0: UK, okay. London, UK. And he's been working with them over there because government stops at four o'clock or whatever, four thirty. Mm hmm. But the city is still running and half the economy is at night. Your restaurants, right. your theaters, stuff like that. So they've been working on on things and they created an actual position that is a nighttime mayor. Okay. And they're discussing it, stuff like that here because, I mean, Edmonton's not really much different when you get down to it. Yeah. Um, but the the whole part of that is that along the way they've had to learn things like urban development, transportation, because you don't just stick – I don't know, Roger's place. So, well, think about the, uh, I forget what the Ottawa Centre's building is called, but it's out, like it's not in Ottawa. Like it's Yeah, it's, it's uh, 45 out there. minutes out of town. Yeah. yeah, and that's not conducive to a lot of things. That's
1: why they didn't sell out any of their right. playoff games this year. Well,
0: time. and they suck too.
1: No, you, they, 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 were no the, they,
0: suck. they were the- No, they suck. They suck.
1: I'm a <laughs> Devils fan.
0: Everybody else will suck. <laughs> so, okay, Even so if the Devils suck, everybody else I was else a Broder fan yes. for the
1: longest time. The so Devils yes. were my team. Ottawa- Was also one of my um, loves.
0: Yeah, I was a Chris Phillips fan in Ottawa.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Until he really slowed down. But Carlson, man, like Carlson is amazing. Yeah, no,
0: he is for sure. He's a funny guy. Yeah. I don't know. I just could never get behind Ottawa.
1: And and the Brian Murray story was amazing.
0: Brian Murray story.
1: Brian Murray was. I know Joey, you're. You're falling asleep already. But
0: he's looking over there. saying, Who are these guys? Uh, uh, so
1: Brian Murray was their was their GM. He's now he's, he's now moved up to a, like a VP position, but he was a he was the longtime GM uh, of them, responsible for basically what the team is right now. But battled the last two years a really aggressive form of
0: cancer. Oh, right. act, okay, that right. primary a cancer story. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were going to tell me a, like an inside.
1: Oh God, I don't know inside <clears throat> nothing.
0: Yeah, I me mean, neither. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I barely know the inside of the studio. <laughs>
0: uh okay, I'm not saying anything to that.
1: <laughs> I just realized I bump into this console all the time and it's not a huge console. It's like seven feet, eight inches, right? So not big as far as consoles go, at least as far as studio consoles go. I bump into it all the time and I just today noticed that it's actually now crooked. So I have to. Uh, is it
0: crooked from you bumping into it or yeah. did you install it? Crooked? No,
1: no, no. We installed it. We installed it measured from the wall square.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and you know. I, if I can f- confirm that. It's, <laughs> it's funny that it's where it should be as well. Did you bump into it when it was standing up in your hallway? Mm.
2: All the time. Oh, oh okay. He almost dropped it on his
0: arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joey is, is single-handedly responsible for me still having my right arm.
0: Well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> that'd be a Governor General award or something in there, isn't there? Well, well think
1: of the studio equivalent, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our Governor General, who is um a, a Olympic athlete, yeah, astronaut, um knows I'm, all the languages. I'm sure she yeah, she uh, speaks like forty languages. Misdemeanor and, Felon. You know what? Presumably <laughs> that was that was thrown out. It was. It was thrown out. It was so it's super unfair. For anybody can to, we still say alleged no no because it was it was investigated and no charges were laid i mm. uh, and 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 anybody that anybody that has issue with this woman being governor general is only looking for things and there's got to be something underlying why they have an issue
0: I don't have an issue. I have an issue with her boss or sort of boss or a pointer. Uh, fuck, have, That's I, a whole I, other I, story.
1: I, I could pretend to have issues with every single government, but the only guy I've ever been passionately against was Harper because he was a racist. He was a homophobe and he was, he was a, he wanted to be a dictator. And he ran his party like. As you're that. talking
2: to somebody who actually has met the
1: guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's a really nice guy in person. But he was also before he got into office. He was also the only pre- the only um, candidate at that time that actively came out and said, "I want to prevent and I want to reverse the gay marriage laws in Alberta. We were the first province to pass the right for for um, homosexual marriage, and he came out and said." I want to stop that. Oh. I, want to, I want to reverse that law because I don't believe it. And his party shut him down really quick. But that was the beginning. That was the moment that I knew I can't trust this individual because he wants to take away someone's right and freedom, which I don't give a shit what people do. But I'm totally against taking away a right and freedom. And he was the one that wanted to do it. I'm and, sure everybody wants to do it. And don't
0: disagree with you, I, but I, I think it was more a, a religious belief on his part
1: because, well, you well, know, right? I'm and, not and, saying right or wrong. Totally fair. But a politician, it doesn't matter what the politician is in, should have a clear separation between state and religion.
0: They and mean, should represent the will of the people.
1: Exactly. And he did not. And now sh- everybody wants to criticize Trudeau, and I'm—I didn't vote for Trudeau. I'm not pretending I support him. He's cleaning up the mess, just like just like the NDPs in Alberta. They're cleaning up the mess of the former Conservative government, and they're not going to last. They're not going to—they're they're not going to make it through to a to a second term because Alberta does not support NDP, and I don't support NDP either. But they are dealing with the fallout of the mess that was the PC government before. And the PCs are going to get back in. They're going to be reset. And they're going to, well, whatever. Do you know what the new party is called? United
0: Progressive Conservative.
1: <laughs> UPC.
0: Yes. It's a code. It's a code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll have to ask my dad. That is. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyways, okay, we're, we're not supposed to talk about political stuff.
0: Okay, let's not do that.
1: Um yeah, because I, I have all these like half-hearted beliefs that I get on a soapbox for and then I, I get them out and I'm like... Do
0: you know what the reality of all politics in, in my opinion is and we drop it whenever you want, mm. is that whether you like Trudeau or not is almost redundant because uh, the three of us, five of us in this room, yeah, he, whatever happens with him and his government are going to affect our life. But you know what? You can't tell me what he did that affected you today. Exactly. Do you know correct. who's affecting you today? Is maybe your mayor or your councillor, somebody at this level. Your landlord. That's who's affecting you today. Yep. And that's what you need to worry about. That's right. Take care of the little stuff. And the big stuff will follow. <laughs> and the big stuff will follow.
2: It's
1: it's so true though, right? It is, yeah. You know, like <clears throat> it, it, it.
2: quit breaking shit over there, man. It's your dog that's breaking <laughs> shit. <laughs>
1: I can I can put her back in the cage. She's just a Patsy. Yeah. <laughs> Go fuck <bug> Mary. <laughs> okay. Um Good shift of gears. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So, um, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in today, and we kind of talked about this when we talked about you coming on the show, was <clears throat> usually we talk about recording and the recording process, but today I kind of want to dive in with your help and through discussion. What happens after the recording?
0: <laughs> what? I, I, I know, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's a quagmire. Especially, you know, when we came to work with you on on the recording end of it, I know we did work with one artist before, Mm. uh, but the stuff we did with Steve was the first real serious project, I think. Yeah. And uh, we were all beginners, all learning. I mean, you were a mentor for us for what we were doing in here. Um, I was just
1: trying to—I was just trying to, guys, steer you in a direction so I'd have less headache.
0: <laughs> oh, did, you must have done pretty good. Be, you must have done pretty good because we're up for six awards with the music you worked on. So there you go.
1: That's right. Um, Steve Newsom nominated for six. Now six. We were talking about this last time. It was five before. It's now six yeah. nominations at the Josie Awards down in Nashville.
0: Yeah. And, and s- Is it
1: the International Josie Awards? No, it's the
0: Josie Music Awards, Josie and music it is awards. the largest independent multi-genre. Mm. Music award show. It's being held in Nissan Stadium, which is a 72,000-seat stadium. Jeez. Now, obviously, Good they don't potential. fill the stadium, but that's where they could find the biggest ballroom, somewhere around 1,600 people. Sweet big red carpet event and it runs the, f- the. they actually have a bit of a festival runs over three days. So you can go down there awesome. and they uh, set you up with performances in various venues and whatnot too. So
1: that's super cool. Do you, um, most or all of the um, nominees get an opportunity to perform?
0: Uh, no, okay. it's a, it's a bit of a submission process mm. and then everything, the awards themselves and the performances are, are, voted on or put together by music industry people. So it's not like fans, with the exception of fans choice, fans choice, uh, they look at the comments and whatnot. You you don't push a button and vote a hundred times. You get one vote per person and they look at all the comments and why you should be fans choice and everything else. And then industry people will still end up picking it. So it's all done by industry people. So it's the same with the performance. You send down a, a video of something you've done in the last six months and see right. where it ends up. So awesome. it's one song at the awards show, uh, is what we applied for. Um, other performances could be wherever. That'd be super
1: great if uh, you guys got like a
0: performance during
1: the yeah, ceremony. That'd
0: be, it would be. We uh, we just started talking about it last night because we have to put a band down there together because the band wouldn't go with them. So
1: right. So uh, so so now here's a great jump into the conversation point. How did the, how did these nominations come about? <clears throat> Cause obviously we recorded and released this album last year yeah, in se- 2016. September, so.
0: 2016 where the EP came out. Um, and uh, we, I mean, we had two singles off the, off the EP mm-hmm. that went to terrestrial radio here in Canada. Right. And then, you know, digital age being what it is, we sent uh, a lot to uh, well, Smoking FM was the first one that we sent to. Is a uh, uh, Modesto, it California, an independent, you know, streaming pays royalties, all the stuff there.
1: And and um, the first single tried, tested, and true hit number one.
0: Yeah, it right? went to number one for two weeks there. And actually, the second one, the title track "Enjoy the Ride," went to number four. So we had pretty That's good awesome. success there. And then all yeah. of a sudden, uh, another station picked us up. It's called uh, Cyber FM. Oh yeah. And there's a radio host there, Gemini on the air. She does a show called the Country Roads Diner Show. And all of a sudden, we just started getting tweets, and these guys are playing tried, tested, and true every single day. Every day, you know, whatever. So we thought, well, we'll send them some music. So we sent the Holy P down there. How it ever got to Josie and her show, we're not sure. One day I just got an email saying that Steve had been nominated for Best Vocal Collaboration for Solid Ground.
1: Really? So it came out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. That's awesome.
0: And then the very next day we got two more and then two more and then the fans choice thing. So Fantastic. It's kind of weird. Right? It's technology, right?
1: Well, and and especially if if, if, um, the songs are being played every day, at least somewhere.
0: Well, Solid Ground wasn't being played at all. Not at all? And that was the first... You know okay. well I mean if somebody played it, we didn't know about it. Right. But that was the first indication that that anybody'd been listening to anything outside of the first the two radio releases. So Okay.
1: Let's um let's walk through let's walk through this uh and I wanna I wanna go through it quick because I wanna have the discussion okay. about about all this. Um the CD is finished. Yes. Uh what sort of product did you guys release? So but by that I mean um, physical products, CDs, records, um, digital products, uh, iTunes, um, streaming services, that kind of thing. What kind of products did you guys release in? So
0: September yeah, last so year? with the EP we got five hundred. We did press five hundred okay. discs. Yeah, uh, probably about well, I want to say maybe about half of them we used kind of like as promos. big business cards. Yeah. Oh yeah, and sold the others. Uh, I think there's like three left in the house, but they're all <laughs> autographed for people. Right. That we've yet to run into or, or whatnot. Uh, we did all the streaming. We we did it through CD Baby. We did we self okay. self put us out there. So we're on iTunes. You're on Spotify. You're on all of the all of the streaming markets. Okay. Um, we did shirts. We did ball caps. Uh, shirts and ball caps. Yeah. Let's. It's Steve. You know.
1: Do they do those kind of things
0: sell the shirts? No. Okay. And that might have been they were ugly. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Well, it might have been. Steve, Steve, in the end, once we, you know, we talked about it and it sounded good. But once we saw one, they weren't as nice as we thought. Hmm. Should, um, uh,
1: should He should be advertising them from stage as the ugliest shirts in country music.
0: Well, what we did was we started giving them away. We started throwing them from the stage to people. <laughs> so Some people put them on too. So it was cool. Cool. Uh, the ball caps are big seller. They, yeah. And that would probably be what we'd do next.
1: And, and, and they were just a simple design. Just the SN.
0: Just the uh, SN yeah. logo off to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, so that's probably what we did as far as put out. So that was physical release.
1: How did you guys, or um, physical and digital release, how did you guys
0: promote that to your audience? Okay, so I guess the marketing end of it was through Steve's website, Facebook, Twitter. It's a lot of social uh, media. A lot of social media. Uh, I have pretty good connections with a local newspaper in Stony Plains, Spruce Grove. So Steve gets interviewed couple times a year for sure we'll be doing another one right. this September uh, the radio station in Stony Plain, 88.1 big supporters mm-hmm. of local music and whatnot and at the time the program director was a quasi friend relative of Steve's so that gotcha. never hurts yeah um,
1: you take you take connections where you can right?
0: yeah and then we went and we took advice on getting a, a radio tracker oh, yeah. to help go push us across the country so somebody that had connections with all the radio stations and we got some pretty good airplay. So we hope that people out there, when I go and look at the CD Baby sales streaming thing, we're streaming all across the country and parts of the world unknown. So Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you get
1: that data through CD Baby? Yeah. You rather ge- than through like Apple Music or, or Spotify? Or yeah, we
0: whatever. get it through CD Baby because that's where we upload it. So they give us a dashboard and it'll tell us, you uh, um, Gender, age groups of people that are buying it, Very what cool. part of the world, what songs are streaming most. Yeah. So we know we've had song play. We've had a lot of airplay or Spotify or a lot of streaming in Brazil. Very cool. Um, we've had streaming in Switzerland, Germany, England, um, all parts of the eastern U.S., so it's kind of cool to look at, and they do take into consideration at like the other their digital partners. So this streaming is from Apple, it's from Google, it's from Spotify. Just happens to be on a dashboard that CD Baby, and yeah. I can separate it into each of those groups oh, too. Oh,
1: so, so you can look at just what's playing on Apple and just, just on Apple on or wherever. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Over That's
0: the cool. last ninety days, they typically run their charts. Sweet. Okay. Yeah.
1: Mm. So. So. It's been it's been just over a year since the first single came out.
0: Yep, March uh, twenty sixteen,
1: which was basically the release of um, or the the start of Steve's career.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What sort of and and, and th- th- this is a this is a question I expect you to be vague about because we don't need to discuss like details. But what sort of signs of life? Do you, have you noticed about his, uh, about his career, uh, signs of, signs of, signs of growth towards sustainability?
0: Well, to be vague and brief with, uh, I think just, uh. You can be
1: detailed if you want.
0: Well, I think. But you don't have to be. Yeah. I think what we, I think, (laughs) man, I like to talk. There's no problem there. Uh, yeah. You can ask my whole family. Um, if there's an argument, there's only one side, it's mine. Um, (laughs) You know, I he's when I met Steve, he was thirty nine years old or thirty eight yeah. years old, and he was just doing the open mic thing. That was it. Right. And so w- when we look at that being uh, August of twenty fifteen, give or take a bit. No, actually, I lied. Sorry, October twenty thirteen. Because I right. said to him one day, "Hey, you should come open for Jason McCoy at a house concert." I didn't tell him who it was. I just let him walk in and see it. And he turned around to walk back out the door.
2: (laughs) Did he really? Yeah. Did he he play that night? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. But it was kind of weird. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the simple fact that... uh, He's showing the interest, and it took me a long time to convince him to record. It took me a long time to convince mm. him to do this because he was never really looking for this kind of thing. But where I right. see the growth, which is what your question is, is we've done the house concert thing, we've done the the little bar thing, and we still play bars. We go up to Mournville to Rednecks. We play Shakers in West Edmonton uh, every three months, give or take a bit. At the Yellowhead, we just played last night that's to a half full house on a Monday. So I mean, it wasn't that's too bad good for a Monday, hey? uh, But the other parts I see is that. Uh, some of it is connections I already have. So he's oh, right. been able to open, you know, uh, July of 2016, he opened for Brett Kissel, which is right. a pretty good show for somebody to be open. that's only really been doing music for a couple of years. Then this past May, we got with Washboard Union and Kissel again. And I got a chance to talk with Brett later, and he'd like to do something in Alberta with just Steve. Very cool. Yeah, because Steve, to be fair... To the rest of Canada and the rest of country music, Steve probably won't translate as well in in Ontario. And I don't mean that the music doesn't work, but it's a different region and the music's different.
1: But at the same time, like Steve's music would probably really connect on the east coast. Uh, agreed, right? way
0: out on the east coast. Yeah, right? like I,
1: I, yeah, I, I worked in in a, in a former life. I worked a lot with uh, Mark Lorenz.
0: I know Mark. Yes,
1: and he's a big he's a big ass. Um, <laughs> Uh, former family relative, but, uh, and and, and I had a lot of fun. Uh, I I would go on tour with Mark any day, but um, he is a big ass. But his, his first full length release did great out on the East coast, but he, he upset so many people in Alberta that he,
0: right. I'm sidetracking. Sorry. With Steve, we don't let him, you know, he's. uh, Steve's a much nicer guy. He is so easy going and I don't think I've ever heard him. I'd say a bad word about anybody. Usually, it's him saying. Well, usually it's him saying to me, "Use your out, your indoor voice," because I've said something <laughs> a little louder in a crowd that probably shouldn't be yeah, said. Right. Because I got no problem saying that. I'll, it is what it is. Uh, business wise, I'll be careful. But that's but.
1: that's a really great personality trait to have because, especially in this day and age, where everybody's so critical of everything yeah. you say, having that kind of soft, gentle. Gentle giant, yeah, nice guy personality, yeah. is really is really appealing,
0: right? Yeah, he rem- it re- kind of reminds me if you go back to the old westerns. I mean, it's cliche because he's a cowboy hatted guy and whatnot. But the old, yes, ma'am. I Thank you all for coming down. That's Steve. Right. That's that's what he's like. Yeah. Right. So um and the growth continues where you say, now we're we're still chasing the shows, yeah. but here here, here announced live for the first time, <laughs> we left the studio after talking to you yesterday and we just found out we we've been asked to open for Emerson Drive. So now they came to us and said, Would you open this show for us? Nice. So that's where we kind of see the growth. I mean, we still got a lot of growth to do. Mm-hmm. Um we have specific goals each year and so now we've um, we've achieved all but one this year so far, cool. and that's only because we haven't released the single yet this year. Right, right.
1: Which so. that's that's in the works anyway.
0: It is in the works, but uh, it it the single that was planned might change. Oh, okay. And that was just something that was decided last night, actually. So,
1: well, and and that's one of those things. Like um, the recorded versions of of songs tend to be so different from what are in people's brains. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, first record I ever, first full record I ever did for someone else. Um, this song that ended up being the single was the song that she didn't even want on the record. Ah. And I had to, I had to convince her, no, this is a really great song. Like it'll be really quick. Let's just, let's just do it. And it turned out to be her first single and went on to lots of college radio and down in Australia.
0: Mm. Which well, our, awesome, but. our thing is more of a, a style of music. So mm-hmm. the one that we were Projecting to release Lost on Twenty Two is a very summary. I shouldn't say it's summary, but it's a travel down the Cowboy Trail Highway right. Twenty Two west of west of Edmonton. And as we're looking at budgeting and everything else, we're getting towards fall now. I'd rather wait and hang on to that one. It's a little more of a uh, you know hang on to it till spring maybe. Right. So we've got another one in the works that'll probably probably end up coming out. Sweet, I want to say September. So,
1: um, so now. The other side of signs of life, um, all of these signs of death. Signs of life. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go morbid. Um, but the and, and Joy and I have talked about this a lot um, in how so many artists forget about the growth cycle of their career, um, specifically when it comes to revenues. Right. Um uh we've talked a lot about um at least I think we have. I feel like we have. There's been this is episode 77.
2: I <laughs> know oh, I've gone uh, on no, rants don't. and tangents about like how I get annoyed with bands spending money when they shouldn't be. But. You could make that same rant about me.
1: Yeah, I could. You probably have.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, puppy, the, the puppy
1: agrees. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but the idea of 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 growth, um, I've often talked about, and maybe not on the podcast as much, but I've often talked about about how the growth cycle for an artist starting a career is two years worth of mm-hmm. full time work. Yeah, we discussed that a little bit. Yeah, yeah and, and 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 so at the one year point. It seems to be like the six month, the one year, the 18 month, um, point in, in the artist's careers, those seem to be like critical stages probably cause it's, it's an identifiable, um, division of time where, where they, they take a look at what they've accomplished and they measure it financially and they, and they, and they either, they either give up, um, partially give up or work harder. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering at the one year point, because you guys just passed the one year point, are you, are you guys measuring any of that growth through the financial um,
0: side of things? No. Um, It was never about money. I mean, as you know, the Top 1% make 99% of the money, does the saying goes, right? right? So it was never about money. What it, it was just about enjoying the music and doing something different. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. That, and that's actually was the a second state, single. The second down. single is called <laughs> Enjoy the Ride. It's the CD. And he actually, that's what we're doing. He says that quite often. You know, we're just enjoying the ride. If it ends tomorrow, it ends tomorrow. We've done the thing we, that was different about Steve is that when we started this, he was almost 40. Right. It's not like, uh, you know, you got Sean Gristwood, Justin Hogg, Chrissy Finiak, these people. They're that, all
1: in their early 20s. and Yeah,
0: or late teens even in Chrissy's yeah. case, or Olivia Rose, right? right? Been doing it forever. And if they don't get there till they're 30... They've worked hard and long time to get there, but they're still young. If I wait 15 years for Steve, we're going to be applying for CPP <laughs> by, the time, by the time he does anything. So we had a lot of people look at us and say, you guys haven't even paid your dues yet. You haven't paid the bars. You haven't had all that stuff. And, and they're right. But we decided to spend some money and go in a different direction. And uh, because we didn't have a lot of time. So money was never really the motivating factor. What what really is, and this highlights it best, at the Rainmaker Rodeo, when Steve came off of stage on his set, he was kind of being pulled in a few different directions. He had to go meet mm. these people. He was sweating like this. And I said to him, well, what do you want to do? And he said, another set. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. That's all he wants to do is get in front of our crowd and play. Yeah. Him and I don't discuss money. Okay. Um, if you had to ask him what he got paid for the show last night... He probably wouldn't even know, except that I gave him some money. Does he really know how much it was? No, he never looks at contracts. He never looks at anything. The accounting is there. He can look at it anytime he likes, but he's not about where the money is. And as far as me personally, I went into it knowing I wasn't going to make any money.
2: Fair
1: enough. You
0: know, I went into it knowing that um, the thing that highlights it best for me, we did a George Canyon show in September of 2007. 550 seats at the Arden Theater. My wife and I were the sole putter honors. We sold the tickets. We did everything. Gotcha. All right. When the show started, my wife and I stood in an aisle and watched the audience. For 90, 75, 90 minutes, we probably never even saw George maybe complete one song (laughs) because we were too busy watching everybody else enjoy themselves. Right. And that's what we went into this doing. As we do it, uh, when we were doing our house concerts, we lose $200 a show because we don't want to charge a fortune and we want to feed the artist, make them feel welcome, right. lose $200. It was about more about what we were doing for the music, for the artist and mm-hmm. for the fans watching it. And as long as I could afford to do it, perfect. Right. So if, to answer your question, no, we don't measure it by financial growth. Cool.
1: Uh, now, are, um, is that something that you will eventually, because I mean, like Steve's seems to be, from an outside perspective, Steve seems to be on a path that if, if it continues the growth that it's shown, um, he's eventually going to hit a critical mass where there will be some financial benefits mm-hmm. to having pursue this. Um, is that is that going?
0: Maybe I'm just too obsessed with finance. I know where you're going. So,
1: is that going to be something you're going to measure?
0: Yeah, probably. We're hoping. I mean, I'd be lying if I said we didn't want to. Do a 10-day show across, across Western Canada with somebody and go home with enough money to buy a bus, a trailer, a car, right. go to Mexico, whatever we want to do with <laughs> yeah. it, right? I'd be lying. You know, if is the government. Yeah. <laughs> now, to that degree, though, I got to start looking internally at myself, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. got to say, do I have the capacity to do that? You know, if it gets to that point, is it time to say to somebody who's been in the management game for a long time, it's time to take over? I'll hang around as a tour manager or whatever. Right. Or, uh, you know, Steve's personal aid, whatever it is. I, I mean, I don't know. There's no <laughs> massages involved. Um, so does that happen, or is it something I? I don't know. But, but I, yeah, I think you know the growth that we are seeing. It's a potential for sure. Gotcha. And if we had to start counting finances and dollars, then we would. Okay. at this point in time uh, as stupid as it sounds like Steve and I have five contracts between us and they still have yet to be signed they're still sitting in a folder on a desk <laughs> we're pretty good on the handshake part of it right. and it is what it is
1: well and, and that's that's um, that is definitely not the norm mm. that we've come to expect with no. the music industry um, and, and as you know humanity in general wants to take advantage yes. of yes 100% Look out for number one type of thing right
0: there. Well, I had a conversation with another artist who actually you know, but I don't want to have the conversation too loud because depending on who actually listens to your podcast. But I had an artist who's going to be playing a show and and the promoter of the show said, oh, and I'll introduce you to so-and-so who's the number one, has several number ones, more than several, number ones, big name in the country world and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, let me go with you. And he goes, Why okay, why? I'd love you to come, but why? Well, you know, these are people in the music business. And as soon as I say that, I put myself in the same boat as people that will take advantage of you or whatnot. You know, and and it's kind of weird because I'd like to think that even in that boat, I'm not that person. But who knows, maybe I am. I
1: Well, I don't I don't know. I think I think money changes you into the person that you are. Mm. You know, like a lot of people say money changes you. Yeah. Right. And I and I think m- having money just allows you to easier access to the person that you are rather oh. than rather than I don't have
0: I don't have <laughs> That's terrible. I told my wife if we ever win the lottery it's divorce alcohol and I'll probably be dead from drugs I haven't tried. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a terrible thought to think that that's really me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and and you know what if if I had money I would I would move to the mountains, build myself a studio and
2: Lose money, because nobody would book
1: it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly, right? Actually, you'd probably get Steve. (laughs) That would be right up his alley. He'd bring his pack horse. (laughs) I
1: I would be the guy that would troll online bands, looking for bands that I thought were cool, or that I wanted to work with, or people that I wanted to work with. And I'd say, hey, listen, you may not know who I am, but this is, here's my portfolio. I want to fly you out to the mountains, put you up for a week, and we're going to make a record. You don't have to pay a thing. That's what I would do, you know. That's I've what I would do, because I would, I would, I would build a studio, invest a ton of money, and live off the investment, and apply for grants. I've kind of, I've <laughs> kind of applied for grants. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind well, of why said you applying <laughs> for grants now. <laughs> well, because I'm not applicable for any. <laughs> my my clients are.
0: I've kind of said the same thing though hmm. about the, uh, you know, go and do it for because you can. If the money was there, you know, there's a lot of artists you can buy onto a show, Mm -hmm. you know, um, arguably people say that Saul Kissel got onto opening for Garth Brooks. I'd believe it. Yeah. So, uh, so I have said, you know, well, if I had the money, why not? We'd buy onto a show. Why not? We could buy onto 10 shows and do that Western Canada swing we wanted to do, but. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and, and as, as shitty as that side of it is, and Joey, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this because I don't think we've actually talked much about the buy into the show thing mm-hmm. there's possibly a really good financial benefit to that if you're picking the right show with the right audience or the right series of shows more yeah. specifically right because I mean um, the, the first one I remember hearing about it was Metallica a decade ago had some band that paid a hundred grand a, a show oh. just to get in on on the show and they played they played the opening slot turned around and sued Metallica because no one showed up for the opening slot um, and did
2: that and, get dropped?
1: It did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Metallica's got way too much money. Like they, well, it is just high price. What lawyer is going
2: to win that argument? Because like all the defense has to say <laughs> is like it's not our responsibility to like to that's make right. people show up to the opening slot.
1: And that's and that's the idea. Like there's there's if you pick the right if you've done your research to know the audience of the of the artist. Um, know and 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 go into it knowing that even even a even a huge artist with diehard loyal fans only half of them are going to show up for the opening act anyway. Yeah. The other half are going to show up late to the main show. Yeah, but if, but if you go into the, that knowing it, if the price is right, then it's a it's a pretty safe investment long term. But that's just it; it's long term, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's this exposure, then you have to follow it up with more exposure to those people. Then you have to follow it up with more shows in the area for those people and, and, and social media galore. And, and, and there's, there's a formula there to take advantage of that, but it's a good, it's a potentially good investment.
0: See, I, I look at that as your uh, you're paying to play and I'm not a big fan of that because.
1: I don't either, but. Yeah. Uh,
0: I and mean, we got offered a, there's something that Steve, we got offered a spot. To, to buy onto a show. Um, it started with a show here in Edmonton and things didn't work out, but then the artist is coming back to Calgary in August. Mm-hmm. Then we got an email from their people saying, look, we're going to be back here in August in Calgary. Would you like to open that show? <clears throat> and yeah, we said, yeah, sure and whatnot. And, you know, we do some back and forth. And then the email came that said, well, how much are you willing to buy on for? And I just put it right out. Well, if buy on, you mean pay you so we can come and play? We're not. Thanks very much. Yeah, And that was the last email that we got from them. So I mean, it would have been it, it, in what in the way you discuss it, it wouldn't have been the right show anyway right. that we could have built on. But it would have been fun to open for. So,
1: and and that's where that's where a lot of that's where a lot of artists um, have trouble differentiating. Right? Is this a good is this a good investment or is this a show that I want to open for? Like myself, I would love to play a stadium in front of Dilbert McClinton or uh Dave Matthews sure. or um uh go back and I'd love to open up for Soundgarden. Right. Right. Not <laughs> gonna happen anymore. But um but none of those would be a good fit for my music. Right. Right. I wouldn't benefit from any of that. It would just be awesome yeah. to do. And that's that's uh that that's something that artists Artists specifically really struggle with it's and 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 especially artists that are fans, like it's a dream, not necessarily a good investment,
0: yeah, for sure. And we get, I mean, uh, the band Steve's band is no different, all four of them have different artists. But the one that's co- one artist that seems to be really cohesive is Merle Haggard, they're all Merle Haggard fans and whatnot. And it's kind of funny because, uh Obviously, Merle's passed, but his boys, uh, Noel and Ben, right. are going to be playing in Edmonton in November. Next. And all four of these guys said, well, "Like we'd do that show for free <laughs> if we could play <laughs> that show." Right. Right. So, but would they?
1: Would they pay to play? And and would that be would that show be a good investment?
0: It, would would they pay to play as a group and as a financial and as a manager? I'd say no. Hmm. Would they, as individual guys, say, Here's our money, we'll go play? And that's I that's think some of them might. I th- some of them might, yeah. Um, but they got, I mean, I look at it this way I, I'm a Ben Haggard fan as well, I've been okay. a Ben Haggard fan for a long time. And uh, but they're playing the Century Casino, and no disrespect to the Century Casino, but
1: it's a small venue. It's, it's a, a small venue. Like and what is
0: it, two, three hundred people? Tops, probably three would be tops, yeah. Um, but you know. And they're not playing a lot of shows through Western Canada or or something. And we're smart enough to know that we need to be a big fish in a small pond rather than go to the States and be a small fish in a big pond. So following them through Montana, Idaho, Minnesota, or wherever doesn't make much sense for us um, at this point, in my opinion. Well,
1: I think it would, um, and I I don't know their audience as well, but if they're going through those Northern states, what is their draw going to be?
0: Their draw is going to... They all, they had, Noel's been around for a while. Ben's younger. He's like 23, 25. Um, But they all have their own fans, but Mm -hmm. they are still haggard, right? Right. And so the fans, when you talk about 10 years apart in here are probably 10 years, could be 10 years above me yet. And that's not that it's not Steve's demographic, but it's the... I don't know, it's the seniors casino tour. I hate to say that, but I mean, you know I I don't know. Yeah. What well, their I, demographic would be. I'd have to go to a show to actually see. Yeah.
1: And that's and that's the market research part. But right? I know our
0: drummer had to Google.
1: Well, yeah, but he's a kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that and that my point exactly though is that, you know, say so that's where your demographic's gonna be. Right. So Right.
1: Um Okay, so that that kind of leads me into the, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about today. And that is um, the recipe for success. Now, of course, first you have to define what success is to you. Um, but um, Joy and I have often talked about about how success is the sustainable career rather than the big radio hit the
2: as awesome as that would be,
1: absolutely right. And collect and, and that's, the
0: royalties and just call it that,
2: yeah. Well,
1: They're, but but that's the thing, one is there's, song
2: that you can retire on. There's lots <laughs> of, yeah,
1: the dream, right?
2: And that's just what the dream it is. That'll it's, never happen anymore.
1: Well, that, that's not to say that it'll never happen. There's more of, there's more of a
2: demand for in the current m- music market. I market, think it won't happen. I kind one of agree. One song will not make you
0: enough money i kind of agree with joey especially in the days where one song doesn't stay at the top of the charts for 18 weeks anymore yeah because there's so much sorry radio guys and record guys there's so much collusion hey my song your song's been number one for two weeks now let's switch it off and and somebody else's song is going to become number one so you don't have songs that sit up there for 18 20 weeks anymore
2: and the guys who are keeping track of that stuff they keep seeing ways bands are getting to number one and then changing how they count tracks because of it. Because like Ed Sheeran and his entire record being top of the billboards, they're changing how they count billboard listens now because of what's, that. What's the new, do you know what the new format is? Uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, I just read an article where it's mm. because Ed Sheeran's entire record was like in the billboards, like top 100 all 10 tracks are, or whatever were sitting yeah, in the charts really yes so they're changing how they count now okay so that artists can't do that good for him he was in Game of Thrones
1: how weird is that sidetrack <laughs> okay um, <laughs> um, so shit where was I going with all that
0: sustainability defining success right? success yeah. so
1: so with the idea that that sustainability in a music career is the definition of success what does it take to make to, to get there right.
0: i have i have i have a well-crafted theory well you're probably better as as good as anybody else's right
1: well that's just it right <laughs> but the the reason the reason it's it remains a theory is because I focus on the studio and I haven't been willing to put time into my career, into my music career. And everybody I talk to tends not to be the super serious, willing to invest the time into their music career to make it happen. Um, but it keeps proving out to be true. As I watch this general model, um, work for other people. And, uh, Other people probably don't, probably don't break it down the same way that I do, but the general principles still seem to still seem to be true. And that is quite simply two years worth of work within a short enough period of time, preferably two years. And I mean, full-time work. So like eight hours a day, five days a week, um, 52 weeks out of the year, Promoting the music somehow, then that and that's networking, that's social media, that's that's guerrilla marketing, that's um, finding exposure opportunities, and blah blah blah. Full time because there's so much out there to find, it takes a full time job to find that, and a, a big part of that is being on tour as well. Um, and I know lots of people, uh, lots of people argue, well, I have a full time job, I don't have time to. You know, but you and I, Joey, broke down how much a full-time job actually takes out of your week. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of time.
2: Uh, I had a right schedule at one point where I worked my forty hours at my full-time job, and then I worked an additional thirty hours doing my studio stuff. Exactly, right? And then and I didn't have much time for anything else. But. but that's the that's the thing, right? That's that's the point
1: where that's the point where most artists they're not willing to give up their PlayStation time or they're not willing to give out their 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 active social life with their friends or their um, I had one I had one friend who's probably a former friend now that uh a musician a, a associate of mine and I we invested significant amount of time into getting his music career started and it was largely because he was really pretty. He had a really pretty voice <laughs> and the songs he wrote really really retardedly appealed. Well, oh, I thought you were going to say they were pretty to soccer moms.
0: Okay. Right.
1: Well, who are pretty? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot of prettiness in here. And that's that's a big key to to a music career, having some sort of prettiness. Right? Even Steve, if you take away the cowboy hat, he's oh. got kind of pretty eyes.
0: Actually, you've got to put on the you gotta put on the cowboy hat because his hair is not that pretty.
1: Well that that's fair. So, that's why he wears the cowboy hat. That's why he wears the cowboy hat. He, he, just, cowboy he hat. just needs to every once in a while tip it back. There you go. So so the the failing point for him was he would claim, and in his eye, the difference was significant, but he would claim that that music is everything that he wants. So let's rank that one hundred and he would claim that everything else in his life really ranks like 15 or 20 and that's the difference between what he what he thought he wanted and the rest of the things in his life when it came to push and shove when it came for him to actually put in a little just a little bit of commitment cuz me and me and my friend we were taking on the bulk of the work knowing that he's a fruitcake he was such a fickle dude. It was ridiculous. Um, knowing that he, that that he was flaky, it proved, it proved out that he wanted to do music like 51. Uh. And he wanted everything else in his (coughs) life, like 50. They were like the, 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 he wasn't willing to sacrifice anything in fact, he was even willing to sacrifice his girlfriend at the time, his common-law girlfriend, because she was imposing on his personal desires that had nothing to do with music.
0: Yeah, I've seen right. that.
1: And, and, and ridiculous talent. Like, wonderful, wonderful talent. Um, he did an acoustic guitar, beatbox, and singing version of Billie Jean that I saw Girls in the Crown crumble because they just fell in love with it so much, it was ridiculous, and it was legitimately really good. Um, but that was that was the difference. And based on our plan, he'd be making he'd be making somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five to forty thousand a year off his music right now, if he'd followed our plan. As we set it out, well, this was back in twenty thirteen, and he would he would be forced to quit. He would have been forced to quit his day job to pursue the music
0: more thoroughly so steve and i have a bit of a unique perspective Mm -hmm. on this because i've been out of work since october (laughs) so i got i got nine plus months of almost that and steve just started a new job after being out of work for 14 months right so we can't say we spent eight hours a day but i can say we spent between four and six hours a day on Mm. music maybe not all at one time but between the two of you it was definitely an eight hour day right and sometimes longer because we would do whatever in the daytime and then we would head out at night to go see other artists, to do the networking thing, go exactly. to other yeah. venues, make sure we go on and talking to people. Um, but I mean, it starts before I even get out of bed. I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do, it was five o'clock this morning and I rolled over to check emails. Right. Because I don't let, if you send me an email, you, that's the biggest pet peeve in the world, not replying to my email. You send me an email, you get a reply within thirty minutes. That's a guarantee. Right. You send me a text, you get a reply immediately. Even if it says I can't reply. Right. This is some of what you're talking about. You have to be on top of every single thing. You gotta be accessible all the time. And we are 24 7, both Steve and I. Right. Um so
1: and, and, and then that's a big part of it. But the, the bigger part of the bigger part of the formula is the perseverance. Yes. I've seen so many artists that claim like this guy, they claim they have the motivation and the commitment, but when push, come, push comes to shove, they they aren't willing to sacrifice anything. Or they, they give up after six months, or they give up after a year, or they even give up after 20 months when they're so close to yeah. that point that is the critical mass point. Right? Well, you could
0: argue whether Steve would be where he is, and I'm not trying to take away from Steve and put on myself, but you could argue would he be doing what he's doing if I wasn't around. Sure, he could be. Could have been somebody else, could have been him, but it was me and him together that got this far. Right. And when I talked to Steve... He's more focused right now on the writing and whatnot, but I I do see growth in Steve. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, we recorded the first EP here, and we recorded four songs at another studio. And to watch Steve work now on the music in studio compared to what he was doing here... Is it's,
1: it's, it's night and, night and day, day because, of, you, because of the growth of experience. He's,
0: yeah. learned, an, he's learned an awful lot. Like uh, we said all along that you mentored us what we did here. Fine, you call it steering us in the right direction. <laughs> so we didn't have issues or whatever, but uh, we learned a lot. And uh, I think going to another studio was kind of twofold. And it's not that we didn't want to record here or that we would never again. You know, we want to do one song in Nashville. Not because it's going to make a difference, just because we want to say we did.
1: It's it, well that right? having having that Nashville name on your record helps a lot. Yeah, um, that gospel country record yeah. that I was talking about. Yeah. She recorded in Nashville. Was willing to go through the hassle um, that was Nashville, just for the name to have Nashville. Yeah, just to have the Nashville name on there, because she had she had a series of promotion stuff going on that needed that. That was the foundational requirement for these other people to
0: work with her. And when right. Steve comes back and in, in sept- goes down in September and comes back, I don't know if he's planning on flying down for one day. It's not mm. in the budget for us all to go, so he's heading down. Right. So I don't know if he's planning on flying in Saturday night and flying home Monday morning or mm. if he's planning a holiday or what, he, what he's planning on doing for sure. Right. And so when he comes back, maybe all of that changes. Maybe it's like we need to record more in Nashville. Um, but I kind of look at the, the outside. I'd like to record in... Uh, Bakersfield. I'd like to record in uh, Lubbock. I'd like to record in places where guys that were emulating Haggard, Jones. I'd like to go and record, you know, where they've recorded.
1: But see, now that is the fan in you talking.
0: That is the fan in me. Right? But I
1: have no technical, no and, technical background. No. Well, uh, but that's but that's the thing. I mean, Joey and I've talked about this a lot too. The the difference between Nashville and and Edmonton, for example, not that not that much. No. You know, like you're, you you, have some, you have wow. history
2: there, you have reputation there. The and audience in Alberta is very Nashville oriented. Yes. So all the technical people around here have learned
0: that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to anybody at the Association for Country Music in Alberta, they'll tell you the same thing. They get told all the time when they say where they're from, oh, you guys are like Nashville up North there, right? They could yeah. Nashville North. That's.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's the, that's the thing is, is the Nashville name itself carries mm-hmm. weight. Sure. <clears throat> like um, this lady, this this blues country gospel thing, whatever. Um, she, um, she, her record doesn't have any traction based on the guy that produced it only because it was recorded naturally. And I mixed it. Like they did a terrible job mixing. She brought it to me and spent extra money to have me remix it. So that it was actually usable, um, and it, that only says so much, right? Like she's not getting any traction because of my name. Right. She's getting traction just because it was recorded, blah blah studios, Nashville, Tennessee.
0: But do you think that's like? And I understand where you're going, but you know what? There's a whole mess of people recording in Nashville, Tennessee, that aren't doing anything because no, right
1: and right <clears throat> and and perceivably. In comparison to the bigger names that are coming out of Nashville, she's not doing much either, right? I mean, she's touring internationally and she's selling internationally, but she's not, she doesn't have the kind of success that any any major label would even consider worthwhile.
0: So does that go to the fact that the name Nashville has more weight overseas where people don't understand Nashville
1: uh, no, I think, it, I, th- I think it just has to do with the industry people that she was working with. They expected a Nashville product so that they could trust the product. Okay. And that was, that was, that was the way she described it. And, and I've heard that exact same argument online every time I've bothered to go on to a forum or something that is debating whether country artists should record in Nashville or a country artist should record in Calgary. I hear that exact same thing. That um, music managers will weigh in and say, well, you need to record in Nashville.
0: It, 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 you, you'll What's the difference recording between... Okay, so I'll go with this one. Go with uh, uh, McKay's studio in Saskatoon. He's an award-winning producer, CCMA award-winning producer. Yeah. Or the guys down at...
1: Follow our hosts on Twitter... At two bodies of water.
0: Got that mic in a comfortable spot yet?
2: I'm still working on it. At
1: Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk.
2: I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet, you go. Go switch off.